Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show. This is Monday Football Monday, the show that gets your week started and recaps everything that happened across the NFL on the previous Sunday. That's the way that time in the calendar works. A reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. My name is RJ Ochoa. I work at SB Nation's blog and the boys covering the 9 and 4 Dallas Cowboys who were victorious in week 14. We have all of the Sunday action to get to, as I mentioned, which we do every single week here on Monday, Football Monday. What makes this show unique, besides the fact that we recap every NFL game, which no other NFL show obviously does, is we stream it live. You can watch us live on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page. You can watch us live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page. YouTube is in the works, I hear, from all of our fantastic people behind the scenes over at SB Nation. And of course, you can listen to us on the SB Nation NFL Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the SB Nation NFL Show. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. If you do, you can hear the beautiful audio stylings of one Pete Sweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, where he covers the Kansas City Chiefs, who embarrassed the Las mm. Vegas Raiders, who had the audacity to head to the Arrowhead before the game started. I cannot wait to offer my thoughts on that. Like, I cannot wait to offer my thoughts on everything that happened on Sunday. But, Pete, first things first, how are you doing this fantastic Monday morning? If I may say, you look ravishing, a little bit more ravishing than usual, not to say or imply that you don't normally look ravishing. That's surprising to me because it's been an interesting couple days for me. One of my close friends decided to have his wedding on Saturday night in St. Louis, which is a four-hour drive from Kansas City. So I went mm. to his wedding on Saturday night, got up at 4.45 a.m. to make it back to the TV studio and then to Arrowhead Stadium. Not as, as much sleep as I would have wanted. And I, I said to a colleague before the Chiefs-Raiders game, I was like, you know, if I could ever really request from the football gods for a blowout, where it's, you know, it's an easier game to cover when it's a blowout, I would like that today. And so something... Finally broke my way. I was very excited that the Chiefs had it wrapped up like in the middle of the second quarter. I'm sure we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, it's been an interesting few days trying to catch up uh, on some sleep. And I'm heading to Los Angeles tomorrow for Thursday night football. So uh, exciting times here in Kansas City. That's right. Sister Sweeney and all of the people throughout the corporation that is Netflix, very excited to welcome you to the City of Angels. Uh, two of your tweets now make sense, Pete, in retrospect, with you kind of filling in the gaps with the, um, you know, the marathon that you ran. First of all, you tweeted before the game started. You said, I love noon games. I know why mm. you love noon games, because that game gets over. You got a chance to sit back, relax. You know, your Sunday <laughs> night starts sooner rather than, than later. Right. And uh, at the beginning of the second half, 
I saw a tweet that I, I just kind of like mentally, you know, bookmarked and said, I'm going to ask Pete about this. You said yeah. QB Patrick Mahomes is coming out for the second half. I think a part of you is probably thinking, you know what, guys, just pack it up. I mean, you, you took care of this. You know, there's no reason to really come out here for a whole nother half of football. We were wondering if it was going to be one of those situations where, you know, the backup Chad Henney came out. And I think we were only thinking it might be a quick yank because of the Thursday night game and because you're traveling mm -hmm. two time zones away. Uh, it did eventually happen, but it was a little bit later than than we mm. thought. It would have been, yeah, it would have been nice to take him out and uh, let's just right, right up to wrap up and get out of there. We will uh, get to the Chiefs game in totality in just a little bit, but we have a, not, a lot of games, obviously, to get to, Pete, uh, before that happens. Where would you like to start? I mean, I, I'm here to make you happy, Pete. My life's mission is to make sure that you feel joy, that you feel happiness, that you feel a level of excitement that makes you want to get out of bed every day. Yeah, no, and, and I know that we are going to talk about the Cowboys and, and my beloved uh, WFT, w and that'll be a high point for you. So let's start with the low point. Let's let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost blew it away against the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. It took overtime, but Tom Brady still owns the Buffalo Bills, 33-27, to 27, the final score. As mentioned, uh, Buffalo – look, Buffalo, I, I was getting ready. You know, you know how it is, Pete. When, when you cover a noon game, it kind of feels like the afternoon all kind of meshes together. You were literally yeah. in that boat yesterday. And so I was ready to fire off some tweets. You know, Bills are frauds. Bills are frauds. And this hurts me because I believed in the Bills last year. And That's for right. what it's worth, I have – called them frauds this year i said on the look ahead a couple of weeks ago that had they lost to new england last week on monday night football they would lose three of their next four games which includes the two patriots games the tampa game i fully believe they'll beat the panthers because if there's a truly fraudulent team in the nfl it is carolina but buffalo i, I think they deserve some credit i don't know it's a moral win maybe it's just a moral like pat on the back um but they did make this game respectable However, not enough. Leonard Fournette, 113 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Really just looks incredible. Tom Brady, 363 yards, two touchdowns in the air, including the game winner. Uh, the Bucks look in prime position, Pete, to hopefully repeat, uh, if you're a Bucks fan, obviously. And the Bills are floundering. The Bills are falling apart. They are one game away from 500. Troubling for Buffalo right now is they had these Super Bowl aspirations, and why not? They were in the Final Four last year. They lost to the Chiefs in the AFC title, and they are dangerously close right now from being out of the postseason altogether. It is going to be a dogfight for them to to make it. And you're right; they have the Panthers next week. But when you're pressing a little bit, you got to be careful. It, it's it's an any, any given Sunday type of thing. I mean, the Panthers right now look horrible. Cam Newton looks like he is. He is done. Unfortunately, I was hoping that to to be a better story and, and a better comeback for him, but it just isn't there. They put Walker in the game. He is worse somehow than Cam Newton looks right now. And so you have Buffalo. They should get that win. But then you have the Panthers. The Falcons can be spicy. Or I'm sorry, they have the Patriots. The Falcons can be spicy. And then they should beat the New York Jets. But because the the AFC is so dicey here, they're flirting with complete disaster. You you don't want to be in a position where you have to win games down the stretch to make the postseason. Some teams are in that boat, and now the Buffalo Bills are one of them. There are five teams in the AFC with a 7-6 and six record. The Bills, yeah. as you inferred, are currently hanging on by a thread in the AFC playoff race. They are the seventh seed, and they are behind the Indianapolis Colts because of that just absolute shellacking they took to Indianapolis. So they've lost the tiebreaker there. They are ahead of Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver in the race uh, for that final wildcard spot. I think we're 
kind of ready. I know Thursday, if it goes one way, we'll, we'll make this a little bit more interesting. But I think we're kind of ready to give the Chargers or the AFC West loser the top AFC right. wild card, um, so to speak. And so, I mean, you're talking about one of two spots here. And again, I mean, this was just a really, you know, it, it took like three and a half quarters for Sean McDermott to use a running back. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I was like. I have a point on this because I remember it and, and it was, you know, when we're in the off season, we're searching for storylines and, and we're looking, you know, to and fro. And I ended up somehow landing on Brandon beans pre-draft press conference because they had played the chiefs. And I wanted to see if there was any information about beating the chiefs and maybe we can, you know, the off season's hunt sure. sometimes for stories. And I remember just, he said something in his pre-draft about, no, we don't have necessarily a home run hitter at running back. <laughs> and then they didn't draft one. And not to say that you should draft one on, on the first day. I'm not in that camp. I know there are a lot of people, but they just never added a, another body that could be that workhorse type of guy to that room. And it was something that the personnel staff knew. And now you get to this point in the season and you don't trust Moss inactive, a healthy scratch for some games. You don't really trust Singletary. You're making Josh Allen have to run the football 12 attempts in this game, and he threw it 54 times. Allen, because teams have been a little bit better able to shore up digs this year, has become really your whole offense. And I think you 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 became a victim to that on, on Sunday. And this is what worries me about the Bills. Josh Allen left the game in a walking boot. And okay, he may be able to play through it, but if he is your running game, now you're completely one-dimensional. On these four games, Panthers or not, or wherever you're playing, the Jets you know, are in that mix too. You have to win every single game. And now you've put yourself in a situation because you don't have a running back on the roster. This, to me, is a, a personnel fault. And then uh, on the other side, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look primed for the NFC tournament, and they have a, a why-not-us feel about them right now they're playing their best football of the year it seems down the stretch once again and so to me this game was a story and I know it came down to overtime I know the Bills will them themselves back into this game but this to me came off as two teams heading in in very opposite directions and if the Bills somehow find themselves out of the playoffs this year is a complete failure for that oh, organization i i think it's already a failure i mean i'm i because there you know and look anybody can get hot right like we've seen that happen a thousand times um but you were supposed to be a threat and 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 i i have some some takes on this when we get to kansas city but like the king was dead you know what i mean like the the, the king was on or not even the king like the bad guy in the movie you know how like you ever watch your standard you know horror film whatever and they just yeah. knock out the bad guy they just leave him on the floor with like the chainsaw or the sword or whatever they left Jason. patrick mahomes and everybody Jason. right Classic. there yeah yeah and i mean like well, you had Jason again we we didn't you, yeah. you had your chance and i i feel for Walking bills dead. fans because you're in you're in this awkward place where you you want to give credit to the comeback, but like everything is really bad. And every, this is kind of the like the, the sunken place. This tweet came out. Pete, I don't know if you saw it um, as the comeback that that wasn't meant to be ultimately was happening. Yeah. Uh, NFL research tweeted out again. This is, is you know, it has been impacted. But Tom Brady prior to this game ending had led by 20 or more points in a game 129 times in his career, including the playoffs and led by 21 against the Bills. Brady was 128 and one in those games with the lone loss coming 
to the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills mm. almost pulled it off a second time. Uh, of course, they did not. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, you know, you're relying on Devin Singletary and Matt Breida. I mean, like, that's just never going to work. I mean, and I, you know what, like, P, and, I, and I'm I'm saying this partly to make you happy, but part, mostly because it's true. Like, spare me, Bills. Like, Sean McDermott came out and threw a fit about, you know, Bill Belichick on Monday night last week. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde got upset about the line of questioning. And, and there's there's certainly, you know, legitimacy to that. But you know what, Bills? You want to come out and, like, thumb your nose at everybody and say, like, you know what? Stop stop questioning us. Like, this is what it's like. And, and the Chiefs went through this. You all know, Pete, earlier this season. If you want to be at the top of the mountain, people are going to say things. People are going to ask things. And if you can't handle it, if you keep losing, then you didn't deserve to be there in the first place. If you lose the football game, and you're McDermott, don't say that Bill Belichick doesn't deserve the credit. I, right. The Bills right now, they were so likable. And I understood. Oh, dude, they were awesome. We're so behind the Bills. And they've become a little whiny. And in mm-hmm. a sense, unlikable the last few weeks, I, I think, because they're just like saying, no, we are contenders. And it's like the standings say you're in seventh place. You're not contenders and you're not even close to the new England Patriots right now. And you have to win against the Panthers. And then you're going to have to win against the new England Patriots. And you lost when they threw the ball three times. Um, the bills kind of remind me of, and it's funny. I saw we recently passed the 10 year anniversary of the Houston Texans showing up to new England of all places in their letterman jackets. If you oh recall, my God. um, <laughs> and what a, what a special uh, NFL memory that was. And, um, I do like the way a letterman jacket looks. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a, gotta you know, be but, the right type of thing. I don't yeah, know about an like, NFL team. Got, gotta it, be the know? right, but, but that's, that's what I was going to say. The, bi- the bills are like, okay, you know, like high school Pete's on top of the world getting ready to go to Syracuse you know you know great guy all around and it's cold outside it's it's mid 40s it's low yeah that's what I'm saying you put you put that bad boy on nobody's gonna question you but what the bills to me feel Mm -hmm. like the Fonzesque the the, the bills are like like the junior that got their letterman jacket and you know what I'm saying and it's like it's like 63 outside and they're like, well, there's I a mean, slight chill in the air. Let you me haven't even smoking a cigarette yet. I don't <laughs> really want to hear it. Like, I mean, like that type of situation. They're, yeah. they're just like, well, I'm going to the movies. It's always cold in there. Sure. I'm going to take my jacket. Like that's, that's how they're right. like, Oh, you want your cold? You want my jacket? You want my Letterman jacket? It's right. I got mm-hmm. in the car. Like that's who the bills are to me. Um, so what a shame, but let's move Letterman on. Letterman jacket. Also good in high school. If you're on, you know, your, your first time dating, the mm. your partner gets mm, a little cold advice from pete here we go you know hey can i give you my jacket and you're the first person in the history of mm. relationships to think of offering your jacket to, to somebody who's cold pete. selfless good for you uh okay this game was in overtime as you mentioned and we got scott hansen mentioned this on the red zone broadcast uh the rare double overtime situation in the late game window it was kind of like a like a dance like a back and forth with overtimes uh buffalo losing to tampa and cincinnati pete the Bengals. your Bengals. it's time for the witching hour (laughs) (laughs) and games become final (laughs) and things get decided to the san francisco 49ers 26 to 23, the final score. Who said Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't clutch? Who mm. said that Kyle stats, Shanahan was done? I mean, what a what a turnaround for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, this season was done. And I gotta give him all the credit in the world for, <laughs> you know, just sticking his foot in the ground and mm. turning this thing around. The 49ers outlasting 
I mean, this was this was a really interesting game. They were up 20 to 6 at one point and won this game 26 to 23. So a little bit of a comeback that wasn't meant to be here as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, Pete, threw the ball 41 times, uh, 27 to 41, 296 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner to Brandon Ayuk. It was a little bit, you know, not really thrilling. It was a touchdown that was ruled one after a review, and it was kind of like, touchdown, they win the game. Anticlimactic, uh, they call that. Yeah. Um, Joe Mixon, um, 58 yards, kind of a quiet day. Joe Burrow, kind of fantastic. Jamar Chase had two touchdowns. Helped me in my dynasty league. Shout out to him. Uh, but uh, yeah, both of these teams are seven and six now and kind of trying to figure out who they are. One in one place, one in a little bit of a better one. Yeah, I, I think we're we're to a point because of George Kittle and his injuries the past few seasons. We we sometimes forget how good he is. Oh, I mean, he, he is every bit deserving uh, to be next to Kelsey and Gronk and Waller when he's healthy. He's another one that's injured right now, and and that is certainly impacting the Raiders. But uh, he he caught all nine of his targets down the seams according to the next gen stats, and that was 105 yards on those receptions. He had 151 yards in this game, 15 total targets, 13 catches. He had the touchdown. And to me, the healthy Kittle is the key here. I mean, they've been leaning on Debo Samuel a lot this year. I know that Brandon Ayuk got a little bit more burn in this game because Samuel is dealing with injury himself. But Kittle, to me, is is the difference for this team offensively. He just is such a threat, and I think he opens everything up for them. He is the most dynamic player on the team when he's healthy. And you're right. I, I think Kyle Shanahan has pulled this out of his hat in a sense. And if you really watch the details of this game, this was a game where like, if you were an NFL fan and you've seen enough games and you're die hard, it just felt like, okay, this is the Bengals. They're going to win it. The Bengals are going to win. All the momentum is with them. And then to be able to, to curb that, stay with it. And they get to overtime and they are able to, to pull it out with the touchdown. I, I just, it, it showed some grit. And I, I don't know if the 49ers are necessarily going to be a high seed, but I, I think they're a really interesting playoff team that to me is starting to garner the identity of like they may be a wild card team that you don't want to see. It's like that March Madness 13 seed mm. that is suddenly starting to get hot at the right time and you'd rather play someone Wichita else. Wichita Falls, baby. That, uh, you, do you, mean, you mean Wichita State, the Shockers? Whatever. Well, Wichita Falls is a city, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Wichita State. Yeah, hey, sometimes you mix you mix names up, you know, whatever. It is no doubt. Is. But yes, so the 49ers to me are are that team. And who knows, RJ? Maybe it'll be a little 49ers Cowboys wild card weekend tilt. That'll be interesting. It might be. Um, they are currently the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture, and we'll see what happens with the Los Angeles Rams. They've been unable to fully catch them. They've been a game back, you know, for a little bit. And last week, the Rams winning, they lost to Seattle, so they lost some ground. Um, what we'll get into Monday Night Football certainly at the end of the show, but uh, San Francisco comfortably, as mentioned, um, in the sixth spot. They are now seven and six. There are one, two, three, four, five teams at six and seven, all hunting for that seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, I, I did want to say, I feel like, you know, everybody looks at the 49ers and obviously George Kittle's awesome, but from a wide receiver standpoint, really thinks of Debo Samuel and for good reason. He's amazing. But Brandon Ayuk, I feel like doesn't get enough fluff. I mean, in part of well, last he year, was in a little bit of a doghouse at the beginning yeah. of this year, it seemed. But, and but I mean, now they've had to lean on him with the Samuel injury. Right. And he's, He's, you know, first round pick last year. You know, he wasn't CD Lamb, wasn't Justin Jefferson. So he kind of got forgotten in the mix. I think he's, you know, 
let's let's give Brandon Ayuk some love here. I mean, the guy, the game winning touchdown he had was mm. awesome. Um, and so Brandon Ayuk, I mean, not a glamorous day in the stat sheet, six catches, sixty two yards, and and the the game winner. But um, what about Cincinnati, Pete? Uh, we talked about Buffalo. Yeah. Cincinnati is one of those seven and six teams. They are the nine seed right now. You know, you think back to. Uh, we have certain moments of the season kind of like printed in our minds or imprinted Joe Burrows at, at the Thursday night football set after they beat the Jaguars. And, and you kind of felt like, well, they're going to the playoffs. You know, this this is going to be a Bengals year. And now they're in this fight. I mean, this is this is going to be a, a, you know, a brawl to get this last maybe these last two yeah. wildcard spots in the AFC. I do trust Cincinnati more than most of these teams. I might trust them the most of all the seven and six teams. But I mean, it's it's a tough shake down the road. Yeah, I got a couple things on, on the Bengals. First tell of us, all, tell us all your things. Jamar Chase, baller, young star. There's so many superstar. young, talented playmaker, wide receiver types, and it's almost becoming there's like a almost like a flex position. Less Chase, and, and I'm thinking about some other guys, but wow, uh, it's going to be fun to watch him and Burrow. Uh, I kind of hated on the move by going to get Chase. A lot of people and, did. You're not alone. And I can see why they they did it. Uh, the, this is going to be a combo that will be something for, for a long time. Now with the Bengals, I, I think what makes them interesting and it's, it's tough for them not to get this game because this would have given them a lot more control when it comes to the division, but they have a quarterback that can win to me in the playoffs. I know that for a long time, it was defense wins championships. I think over the years, it's turned into quarterbacks win championships. You have to have a quarterback or you're not going to win the playoffs most years. Of course, there'll be the outliers like Denver, for example. But to me, I like Burrow enough to say, okay, if the Bengals can get into the tournament, they are going to be an interesting out. Now, you look at this division. This is the most exciting division, I think, in football the rest of the way because you have a situation where every team seemingly, even the 6-6-1 six, six, and one Steelers who completely blew that comeback the other night, they're still alive in this. You have the Ravens at 8-5, and five, and who knows about Lamar Jackson and his injury situation. Mm -hmm. The Cleveland Browns at 7-6. and six. The Bengals, who we just talked about, lose, and they're at 7-6. and six. And then you have the Steelers who, if they were to win out, and that'd be a tall task, right? But they would be in the mix too. And so... Uh, this division can go in four different directions and it's week 14. That's crazy. And so I'm excited to see what happens in this division the rest of the way. Cincinnati's schedule to finish things up. They are at Denver on Sunday. Then Baltimore, you mentioned, we'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson. They get the Chiefs themselves in the penultimate week of the regular season and then at Cleveland to end it. So lots of action. I could kind of see that that being the, the Sunday night football Sunday flex. Night football. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cincinnati at Cleveland, the Battle of Ohio, blah, blah, blah whatever. Um, I, would, okay. I would, as you know, I would definitely be rooting for the Bengals. Of course you would. Uh, let's uh, let's stay in Ohio. Wait actually. a minute. Let's wait a minute. One more thing. Sorry, I I saw the uniforms in this game. I didn't. I, I you mm. didn't like the Bengal uniforms, right? I I, I don't. I felt like my RJ alarm was going off. I'm like RJ. There's no way RJ likes this white orange stock combo creamsicle thing. Here's my issue. I don't like when red based teams and orange based teams play each other. It just sure. it, you know it's like I don't like I don't like a, a Chiefs Browns matchup for that same reason. But I actually really hate the black jerseys that the Bengals wear. And here's my reasoning for it. On the shoulders they have the the Bengali stripes, right? Like the tiger. Right. And the stripes are orange. Whereas their helmets, the the base is orange and the stripes are black. So that's not the same thing. You know what you I'm know saying? What? Like, like the stripes. The, be th this is definitely one of these situations where, like, I'm sorry, I asked. 
I just, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, hey, you've lost me already. You, you opened this door. I'm I know. Just let's here, let's shut know. the door. You're right. You're right. Let's uh, move on. Let's, let's move stick. On. Uh, let's stick with orange based teams in Ohio that have CB as their initials. The Cleveland Browns, who you were talking about just a moment ago, Pete, yeah. uh, get the dub over the Baltimore Ravens, who were the number one seed in the AFC just two weeks ago. Uh, the NFL can change that quickly. 24 to 22, the final score here. Miles Garrett had his first career touchdown uh, to make it a 24 to three proposition in the first half. It was pretty much over at that point. I know Baltimore, um, you know, had a valiant effort in the second half, but it, it never, at least to me, never really felt like this was much in doubt. Uh, personally, I never thought that, you know, Huntley was going to do anything special. Lamar Jackson only had four pass attempts. Uh, the worry, uh, according to all reports, is a high ankle sprain for him. Baltimore has sustained injury after injury after injury, Pete. Uh, they are playing the Green Bay Packers on Sunday and then the Cincinnati Bengals, as mentioned, and then the Los Angeles Rams and then the Pittsburgh Steelers to close it out. Another contender for that Sunday night football spot in week 18. And so it is it is it is going one way for the Ravens and it doesn't feel like it's a good one. The season's over for the Ravens. Mm. The, mm. They mm. they did a fantastic job, I think, up to this point, surviving to go eight and five with their 20 player long. Well, they were eight and three to your point. Like, you know, they, they were eight and three at one point with all the mess and yeah. granted some mess has happened the last two weeks, but just to that, the point. 20 player long injury list was very, very impressive. And if Lamar Jackson can't play the rest of the way, they're done because the AFC is just too competitive and they're not going to be able to win every game. And you almost have to uh, at least what go three or four, you would think to, to make the postseason. Uh, and I just don't think that that Huntley, to his credit, is capable. This team is one that wins through Lamar Jackson. He's that important. If he has an eye high ankle sprain, they're going to fall out of the playoffs. And it might end up bailing a team out like a Cleveland Browns, like a Buffalo Bills, where now there is an extra spot. And you hate to say that, but I would be stunned if the Ravens behind Huntley make the postseason at this point. And to me, the Browns, you know, they're up. 24 to, to three in this game. And it somehow turns into 24 to 22 Baker Mayfield. I, I know that he's been dealing with, with some injury, you know, himself and, and it's been a tough year for him in that regard. This is a golden opportunity in this game where, where you need to step on a division rivals throat. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they let this team back in to me, I, I can't get behind the Cleveland Browns to do anything in the postseason. I just can't. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I've never really been a Mayfield guy. It's about the opposite that I felt like when we were talking about Burrow um, in in the last segment. Miles Garrett, though, I, I feel is a different story. Super freak. It was between maybe him and, and TJ Watt. I know we were talking about Diggs earlier in the year, and Parsons could be in that mix, but it seems like Miles Garrett is going to be the pick for uh, mm, Defensive Player you. of the Year. Forced to fumble, ran it back for a touchdown in this game. Um, to me, uh, Garrett has just been by far such a, a game wrecker. And TJ Watt, I think, might have had a chance for this if he could just stay healthy this year. Hasn't been the case. And, and so I think this eventually defensive player of the year goes to Garrett. And to me, it's the number one reason why the Cleveland Browns are relevant and are going to be in the postseason, be it the first place team or a wild card. And we'll see if he can. Uh, wreck some games but they're gonna they're gonna have to win defensively because baker mayfield is just not it for me yeah i had kind of personally you know withdrawn cleveland from consideration to win the afc north but given the situation with pittsburgh given the situation with lamar jackson um 
that that you know with that Browns Bengals game we mentioned that might not be for a wild card spot that might be for the division you know what I mean I, I think Cleveland could wind up hosting a playoff game uh which would be very interesting I I mean obviously we're talking about week 14 and, and everything that happened but I I mean I don't know that anybody thinks the Browns are going to pay Baker Mayfield in the offseason I don't think I would rule them out of the Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson, whatever those, you know, situations become, because this is a really Carousel. good team. Yeah, this, this is a really good defense, has a defensive baller, as you mentioned, uh, potentially a defensive player of the year. You, like Baker, Baker puts a ceiling on on this team's potential. Um, and, and so I don't know how you, you stick around there. I don't know that I'm willing to, to fork Baltimore and say that they're done playoff wise. I mean, they're already at eight wins. I think they'd have to Maybe go one in three. Um, so many teams make this mistake of, of paying the quarterback just because you, you feel like they have to. And I think you do it when he is franchised and, and flirting with the elite. But like you see the Eagles and, and paying Wentz. Um, the, I think of like the Jaguars, and I know it's a different situation when they pay foals just because like they feel like they have to. I don't mm-hmm. think the Browns should make that mistake because then it just sets your franchise back for years. So look at what you have and, and be honest about it. You know, it, it, it's going to take a tough organizational decision to be like, you know what? We can do better than this. We can be better than this. Um, well, kudos to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they are seven and six. Get back above 500. It's been a topsy-turvy season for them. They have the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, so very, interesting, very interested to see how that ultimately shakes out. Uh, let's go, Pete, to our nation's capital, uh, where the Dallas Cowboys w. did successfully F- defeat the WFT. T. 27 to 20, the final score. However, uh, at halftime, it was 24 to nothing. Thank you, Bear. You go, I know you were pissed. Um, <laughs> Michael is Bear, Bar- is Bear a Cowboys fan? I, I guess he is, right? He is. Um, he obviously, you know, uh, is, is. I know he's a fan uh, of the garbage man. I mean, well, you know, I don't know if he's a fan, but he's he's definitely um, <laughs> upset by him sometimes. Uh, but uh, but um, Cowboys up 24 to nothing at halftime. Micah Parsons was phenomenal, had two sacks in this game. One of them forced a fumble that Dorrance Armstrong returned for a touchdown. Um, Randy Gregory had one of the most amazing interceptions you'll ever see a defensive lineman make. Everything was awesome, Pete, at halftime. You're feeling, okay, it's up to 24 nothing. We're getting to 9-4. and four. We've effectively won the division. You know, it's going to be an awesome week at Blogging the Boys throughout the Blogging the Boys universe. And... Then the second half happens, and it really wasn't even the second half. I mean, it was the fourth quarter, and it was really the final, like, five minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, Washington scores in the third quarter. Okay, cool. It's cute. They get the two-point conversion, 24-8, to no big deal. Dallas squeaks out a field goal after a fumble recovery at Washington's 25-yard line, and in the near final minutes of the game, Dak Prescott throws an awful pick six. I mean, just a disgusting pass. Like um, you didn't see him somehow. I, I I don't know how. And and that's kind of the story, Pete. Is you know this, and I I'm I'm approaching this with measured confidence because the Cowboys defense looks amazing right now. But their last two games and their last two elite performances have come against Taysom Hill and not even a full game's worth of Taylor Heineke. So there is some context there that I think matters. I don't want to take away from what they're doing, like I said, but this is some of the worst football I've ever seen Dak Prescott play. And it it goes all the way back to the Denver Broncos loss. I mean, he was awful in that game. Everybody was. And you kind of chalked it up to, well, everybody was bad. They were, you know, feeling a little bit pompous, a little bit arrogant. They kind of got checked. They came out, destroyed 
Atlanta. Okay, all is well. They go to KC, as you know. They're not great there. They're awful against Vegas, and they have a nice fourth quarter to, to make it look more respectable. They hold on in New Orleans despite a really flat offensive showing, and they, they put up one offensive touchdown in this game against Washington. I mean, this is, you know, and, and people still, Peter, like the number one offense in the NFL because of everything they did the first half of the season. But over the yeah. last five weeks, this has just been an offense that has done nothing. And and Dak is playing awful. Kellen Moore is awful. The idea that anyone thinks he can be an NFL head coach is hilarious to me. Uh, Mike McCarthy did guarantee this. Uh, did you see the, the drama with the benches, by the way, in this game? A lot of bench drama. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Cowboy, again. How, how about the Seahawks and Cowboys talking? Oh. And the Seahawks just basically ratting, in a sense, on the WFT about their lack of heat on the benches. Mm-hmm. Cowboys bring their own benches. If you bring your own benches to a game, you got to win it. So they, they did. Won, they but, won their, their bench this, game this here. This is a win that feels like a loss. I mean, it, it really does, especially because of, it, like – it's so disheartening to to know this team's going to you know win the division, host a playoff mm-hmm. game, and and you feel like they their quarterback is not playing well at all. I mean, if if that's not the case, yeah. you mentioned it. I mean, you, well, you got to have that. What <clears throat> what's tough about this game, in particular, is as as we mentioned, the pick six to make it twenty seven to twenty, and then Heineke's out of this game with an ankle injury, and it has to be Kyle Allen, and you're left wondering, well, what hap- what would have happened if Heineke was the quarterback at the end here? Do they tie it up? Does it go to overtime? Does Wash or does Dallas somehow blow this uh, in overtime? So we weren't afforded that. The defense is there, and you're reminding me of of myself watching the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, where you're like, the defense is just so good. If the offense could simply figure it out and get back to where it was, man, this is a Super Bowl contender. The problem is that it's three weeks later, and we're that closer to the playoffs, and you're wondering. Well, is that even within them to to get back there? Dak, 22 of 39 for 211, the touchdown uh, and the two interceptions, the really bad one. But the defense is there, and I've said this to you before, and it seems like every week I feel more and more confident about it. And my in all these redrafts that they're going to do, you see it sometimes see these off, off-season articles of like, mm-hmm. let's redraft the 2021 NFL draft. Parsons should be 1-1. Uh, you know, He's a freak, like, dude. Uh, unless you you know you want to make a case that maybe a team should have taken Mac Jones in the top one or two, I I whatever I could buy that because you need a quarterback, but one or two, right? He is the best defensive player by far. In he's in the best draft. player on on the Cowboys. He's, he's one of player. the he's one of the the best defensive players in the league, and he's a rookie. And he and and to me, just the the game he had, he he forced a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And then you get the defensive play at the end of the game with Gregory and curse and, and sealing it. So you can win through defense, but as I said, right, like we've now come to a, a part of what is football that, that you have to have the quarterback playing well to win a championship. And right now the offense is not good enough for the Cowboys to win the NFC. So you have a couple weeks to figure it out. And I, you know, I said this about Kansas city and we're still not sure about Kansas city in the sense that they've only really, looked good offensively against the Raiders. You got to see it against more Mm -hmm. teams, but there's still time for the offense to meet the defense in the middle. And if it does, the Cowboys are are just as spicy as anyone else. Um, One thing that I have been saying across all B2B properties is actually a ripoff of something my friend Pete Tweeney said uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's, you know, I I posed this in our postgame show. If you could have, if I could have guaranteed you, if you're a Cowboys fan, that one thing would be elite in December. 
what would you have chosen? You would have said the defense, and you would have right. said what you, what you said about Kansas City. I trust the offense to figure it out because they've done it before, et cetera. It's worrisome. It's troublesome. Uh, they they have a, a a date against the New York Giants before Taylor Heineke and Co. return uh, or, or head to AT and T Stadium themselves next Sunday on Sunday Night Football. But um, they have some time to figure it out. But you know, this month is going to fly by. Uh, last thing, Pete, on on this game, the NFC East can be won by Dallas on Sunday. If they are victorious over your New York, not so good at football giants, and if the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington football team, so the uh, NFC East mixtape uh, is uh, is in in you know in harmony. Does it shut down early. once a team clinches, or does that thing keep keep You, know, you, all you would know if you're a listener. You can listen on the Block of the Boys or Bleeding Green Nation podcast network. Everybody, so. another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, Pete, where do you want to go next? Pick a card, any card. Uh, how about, you know. 49ers in the bank. Did we talk about that already? We how did. How dare you. Uh, let's go to, um, you know, we didn't touch on Sunday Night Football. And I want to bring this up, Pete. And I, w- I hope you know how painful it is for me to admit this. All right. Uh-oh. Robert Quinn has a nice play at the beginning of this game and does the discount double check. All right. Well, I like I like Robert Quinn. Had a great season for the Cowboys. You know, wish him well. Here's the thing, NFL defensive <laughs> players. One, this is not the bear you poke, no pun intended. But two, doing the discount double check celebration, which is famous only because of how amazing Aaron Rodgers has been, only highlights how amazing Aaron Rodgers has been and how that has come at the expense of you and your team. I my dog's name is Bear. For pride's sake, I would like to see the Bears be respectable. All right, the the dog's name isn't Cowboy, quite honestly. But good point. But I mean, Bears get it together, and then you do this discount double check, and yeah, cool. You're you're up in this game. You know, ten seven. You know, seventeen fourteen, twenty four fourteen, and then Aaron Rodgers shows up, and you lose thirty to forty five. The owner of the Bears. Yeah, he is. I and I love. I loved what Aaron Rodgers said about this last week when he said, "Look, I I don't regret it. It's going to be used against me because he will lose to the Bears someday. Peter, that will happen." And all the Bears fans will be like, "Who owns who now? He owns you. That's what so, this is. Yeah. He owns you." The ba- it's like I a just, Brady Bills situation. Even if the Bills were able to get a win here or there, it's still Brady owning them. It's bills, worse right? than that because at least the, at least the Bills have like made it close. Like there's there's no gap. You know what right. I mean? Or, or there's nothing but a gap. Is my point here? Aaron Rodgers was fantastic. Fantastic. 29 of 37, 341 yards, four touchdowns. Devontae Adams had 121 himself, two touchdowns. I mean, just just a, another, you know, cl- you know, clinical day at work for the Packers. And the Bears continue to flounder. Justin Fields. This is maybe his nicest showing. But I mean, dude, get rid of Matt Nagy now. Like this is this ship is going nowhere. Right. I, I think the grand takeaway for Chicago is you got to the point of the game in the second half, one that you were winning, I believe at halftime, correct? Yeah. They were winning at halftime. Mm-hmm. You got to the the second part of this game and you have Collinsworth and Michaels talking about the state of your organization. That is kind of <laughs> sums up where Chicago is at right now. Will they keep Nagy? Will they keep pace? Will they get rid of both? Do they want to do that to fields? 
Nagy didn't pick Trubisky. Trubisky's in Buffalo, and they're just talking about your organization. Like it's exactly where you don't want to be at the end of this football game. Jakeem Grant came out of nowhere. He had a couple nice moments in this game. I, I I know it doesn't matter at all, really, but the punt return was just insane. And so I just want to touch upon that. Like the lone bright spot was Grant, and this is going to be a one-time thing. It's not like, you know, kind of like a fluky, but he just had an amazing game. So I, I wanted to make sure to talk about his two touchdowns. And then the Packers look like they are, right? You have what is an NFC bye week contender here. If the Rams are able to knock off the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night football, the Packers will enter what is week 15 as the number one seed. And they look, they look the part they deserve it. We do have to note that Aaron Rodgers' toe worsened oh, in, dude. in this game. He, we only know that because that's the one thing, Aaron, quit talking about the toe. I mean, just, you know, like, <laughs> like he's, well, he's been, I he's think been he's Roth trying, bring this up. I think he's trying to, to, to just create enough storylines to forget about the McCaffrey. Uh, Pat McAfee interview from you know a few weeks back, but uh, and we're gonna need a lot more. Devontae yeah. Adams always finds a way every few weeks to remind us that he's still the best wide receiver in the NFL. And Justin Jefferson's right there. There are a couple other guys, but Adams is is the cream of the crop. Soon to be free agent, Devontae Adams. And they have the one-two punch, you know, in the running back room with Dylan kind of emerging here. So interesting team. Would you would you be stunned? If the Packers are in the Super Bowl, I think across the board on the SB Nation NFL show, we'd say absolutely not. That they could be the, the Super Bowl team, and that, that's where they are. And the Chicago Bears are about to fire everybody. So I know, that, I know that Cliff Kingsbury is in the running for coach of the year. I, I would give it to Matt LaFleur. I think when you consider everything he's had to deal with this year, um, I mean, Matt LaFleur is the coach of the year. And I feel like we... And this happened to Mike McCarthy. We don't we don't give the Packers head coach credit because it's Aaron Rodgers. We're like, you know, oh, he's he's doing nothing, blah blah. It's just Aaron Rodgers. Like Matt Lafleur deserves a lot of credit in my mind. Uh, the Bears deserve none. The Bears don't even have a first round pick next year. Like the Bears are just a disaster right now. Um, so I believe it went to the Giants, right? So the it, Giants will be picking two two picks in the top ten. It looks like so. Uh, we'll both they can do with that. Both the Bears and the Giants are 4-9. and nine. Speaking of the G-men, let's head to where you will be in a couple days' time, Pete Sweeney. The L.A. Chargers come out with a force and defeat the New York Giants 37-21. to Hey, yeah. Giants fans coming out the woodwork because Saquon Barkley caught a touchdown. <laughs> Saquon Barkley He's scored. Back. He's uh, back. So uh, clearly all is well uh, with uh, – the New York Giants, who Mike Glennon, it was just, it was never going to go well. Um, if, if we're all being honest, did have a rushing touchdown uh, in garbage time, but you know, a respectable performance. I mean, but he, after the second touchdown, he was neck and neck with the Chargers at a certain point. Justin Herbert really did have the yeet of the week here. Okay. The, the touchdown throw to Jalen Guyton was sick. One of the sickest yeah. throws you'll ever 70 see. 70 air yards, it looked like. It was magnificent. Um, so congratulations to Herbert and to Jalen Guyton. But Herbert, 23 of 31, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Austin Eckler a bit banged up in this game. Uh, there's no question that the biggest game of the season is coming up for the Chargers at home on Thursday night with my man P. Tweedy there. Um, I mean, what what is there to say? Other than the Chargers are good and the Giants are not. Well, the Giants were never going to win this game with Mike Lennon starting. And I think, you know, they're preparing for next year and are trying to figure out how to really turn this team around with the top two picks. With those top two picks, they got to be considering a quarterback. I, I don't know a ton about the class. We haven't gotten into that yet. But if there is a, a possibility there and 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 they like somebody, they got to start thinking about life after Jones, in my opinion. 
We'll see what happens with Barkley. Other side of this, the the winning team, I'm not saying he's an MVP candidate, but this was an MVP outing for Justin Herbert with some MVP moments. And sure. I think it is a huge confidence builder for a Chargers team going into the most important game, not only of this season, but really in, in recent memory for this franchise. It's made light of in Kansas City how the Chargers always find a way to Charger, and they have everything right in front of them here because they got that win against Kansas City earlier in the year. They have an opportunity to take a stranglehold of what is the AFC West on Thursday Night Football. They put themselves in this position. They finally seem to be healthy at the right time. I know that that Keenan Allen needs to come back to this team. Derwin James is a, is a question, but I, I think he should be available. Eckler had a little bit of an injury scare in this game, but it is seeming like he's going to be good to go for this game. It's not only feels like the big game for both the Chiefs and the Chargers this year, it feels like the biggest game in the AFC because unless the New England Patriots continue to win, which is possible, whoever wins this game is going to be in, in a really good position to uh, potentially take the first seed in the AFC and at the very least ho- host a playoff game. And so, uh, we'll see what ends up happening in this. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think in a sense, it's a shame it's on a short week because sometimes we're dealt a weird hand on Thursday night football. But this, this game was more about Herbert. And with Mahomes playing well, I think this game will draw Herbert versus Mahomes. And I think this is the we're still in the beginning stages of what is going to be each other's greatest rival in their careers. And mm. so this is one of the first chapters. I'm very, very excited for Thursday night. I've told you before, one of my favorite Thursday night games in recent memory, I think it was 2018, we talked about the Chargers win in Kansas City uh, was just kind of a a fun, maybe 2019. Caught lightning in a bottle, didn't they? Nice. That nobody's what? ever said that about the Chargers before. Nice. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm doing there? Yeah. Nice. I believe it was. Uh, I believe they went for two, as you probably did, loved and they, that one. They got it, and and there Phil was a, Rivers. it was a walk off, you know, two point situation. Very cool. Um, right. I do. I do remember. I don't think Eric. I think Eric Berry checked out in the second half that game, and they could have used him on that play. And <laughs> I, Rivers. I vividly off remember um, perusing the Arrowhead Pride comment section after that game, and it was. Um, it's a tough scene, uh, to say the least. But um, okay, so Pete, you ready to kind of blitz through the remaining games? Are you ready? You know, if there's one thing I love, it's going fast through these games. So mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to do it. Okay, we start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, uh, defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 48 to nine. My quick thoughts on this, Pete: Raiders, you're frauds. You've been through a rough year, <laughs> all right, and I understand that. But the the decision to go to the midfield logo before the oh, game. Oh wow. So stupid. So dumb. You meant you talked about it with Mike McCarthy. Mike again, I thought the guarantee thing was dumb at the beginning of the week. And then sure. the ben- the benches thing was was made up to be something funny and, and it looks funnier now because they won. But you can only do those kinds of things if you win. Because if you lose, you look really stupid. And Raiders, spare me with this like, oh, you know, oh, we're gonna take the like, if you wanted to take this rivalry or these games seriously, you should have done it a, a couple of weeks ago when you were at home in Vegas and you got trounced. I mean, you have you had no business doing anything like that. What an embarrassment. I mean I feel I don't know who I feel the worst for. I, it might be Derek Carr, but I mean, <laughs> just, this it was thirty-five to nothing, as you mentioned. I mean, what an just, I mean, awful, 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 awful. Chiefs win this game forty-eight to nine. This was the biggest win against the Raiders ever in in his in history, and it's a very historic rivalry dating back to the, the days of the AFL. So pretty cool for Kansas City in that sense. Completely agree about the logo. The Chiefs were playing for their cornerback, Legarius Sneed. Couldn't be at this game. Ended up losing his brother in a stabbing tragedy. He had to go to Louisiana to grieve. And and Mike Hughes, who 
was traded to the Chiefs by the Minnesota Vikings for a conditional sixth and kind of was thrown away by Minnesota, had two f- forced fumbles and a fumble recovery for a touchdown on the first play of the game. Chiefs never looked back. They looked to have one of the best defenses in the league, playing like one of the better defenses in the league, and finally the offense is meeting in the middle. But as I said, the theme for the Chiefs right now is Patrick Mahomes and the offense has looked good now twice against the Las Vegas Raiders. You kind of need to see it against somebody else. Golden opportunity on Thursday night football to to prove that I, I think they really belong there. And uh, wow, a, a really important come up of the week. And 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 that goes to you know the Arrowhead Stadium midfield logo because this thing it was it was danced upon prior to the game, and then it comes out of it. And I took a picture. If you want to go to my tw- twitter.com slash uh, PG Sween, I took a picture as I was leaving the stadium. I mean, that thing was almost smiling at the end of the night, like I knew the Raiders were dumb for doing that. So the the come up of the week goes to the Arrowhead. Come on, Kansas City pressure. Derek Carr, thirty four percent of his dropbacks, and that was the highest in any game for the Chiefs this season. The Chiefs win Logo Gate. All is right in Kansas City, and just waiting to see what happens here. They're in a situation, and RJ, you can roll your eyes if you want. Don't care. Win Thursday. Colts beat the Patriots on Saturday night. Oh, dude, yeah. Steelers beat the Titans on Sunday. And guess who's number one in the AFC? The Kansas City Chiefs, once again, with three weeks to play. So we'll see if that happens, but it all begins on Thursday night. I'm very, very excited to get out to Los Angeles, and I'm thrilled I get to go see SoFi and, and see this game. It should be a good one. Uh, tell Netflix we said, what up? The New Orleans Saints <laughs> uh, cruised through. The New York Jets kept themselves alive. Um, in the NFC wildcard race, 30 to nine, the final score, the Jets, Pete Sweeney, uh, now officially mathematically eliminated from playoff <laughs> contention along with the Houston. So Texans. bad. Um, I mean, what is there to say? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. It's never not bad for the Jets. Um, it's just, you know, it is what it is. 30 to nine final score. Good job, Sean Payton. That, speaking of Netflix, the, the show's supposed to come out pretty soon. Kamara came back in this game, 120 yards and a touchdown. And now the Jets have not made the playoffs in 11 straight years. The Saints D had 21 pressures in this game. So look, I, I'm not going to like put all my eggs in the Saints basket, but sure. they they could be interesting if they somehow sneak in. I think they could, you know, be a team that all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a bad matchup that that first wild card matchup, and you're like, oh my god, are the Saints going to beat this team? because of the way the defense is playing. I, so, hope you, I hope you like the Saints, Pete, because you're about to get a lot of them. All right, You're getting the Saints on Sunday night football in Tampa Bay, and then you're getting them on Monday night football against the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, <laughs> get, get ready no, for some, some New Orleans. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they could flex both of those games out, right? I, do, I don't believe that the Monday night games can be flexed. because that's no, they diff- can. I don't think so, dude, because that's a different day of the week. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you're This adjusting. was a change that going into this year. Well, I believe two weeks out, we might be too late for that. I believe two weeks out, they can switch a team to Monday. Well, you really want to miss New Orleans taking on the two Florida teams? Because the third one doesn't really exist. Um, but, the Jags. You're talking yeah. about the Jags? Speaking of, let's let's just go ahead and get there. The Jags oh, no. get blanked by the Tennessee Titans 20 to nothing, Pete. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 20 of 31, 191 yards. Didn't matter. Devon, uh, Mr. Foreman, 13 carries, 47 yards, a touchdown. Tannehill also had a rushing touchdown. Um, just a horrible day. Uh, the leading rusher on the Jacksonville Jaguars was James Robinson, Pete, who had six carries, all right, for four yards. Now, keep in mind, his longest run of the day 
was five yards. <laughs> but his, he still had six carries for four yards in totality. Um, Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 30, 221 yards, four interceptions. Just a disaster. I mean, and Pete, check this out. Over the weekend, report comes out from NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that Urban Meyer, mm. big shock here, not exactly a good coach, that Urban Meyer, really shocked about this, is kind of a jerk. That Urban Meyer, I am completely surprised about this, is blaming everybody but himself. What a mess. Bear clearly hates Urban Meyer as well. No, uh, you know, Titans needed to win this game. That they took care of business. The bigger story, actually, right now, despite the Titans being what is the number two seed in the AFC and about to get Derrick Henry back. So if they can hold on here, really interesting team when it comes to the AFC playoffs. But we talked about the score being 20 to nothing. The real score this week, RJ, and you alluded to it, was 1,145 to nothing. And that was the word count on Tom Pelissero's article, <laughs> breaking down the Jacksonville Jaguars and how much of a mess it's been. You can't go into a coaching room and look at the coaches that you handpicked and tell them to defend why they there. Why are they there? They're there because you hired them, dude. And him to come out after the press conference and kind of say like, oh, it's all lies. Dude, no, it isn't. These I, I would bet that Pelissero's article is about at least 90 to 100% true, right? It Even might all be true. 50% true. It's damning. You know what I mean? Like it's and Marvin Jones for Marvin Jones who's a mild-mannered player and well-respected and truly like one of the better guys from what you can hear in the NFL. For him to be freaking out, and I believe that that story from from Pelicero where he basically got so mad he almost like couldn't stay at practice. This for the Jaguars owners is a non-option. You have to move on. You made a mistake, cut your losses, and get a, a coach in there that can re-steer your franchise. Like what you want admire to do, why don't you get somebody who can actually do that? And it's embarrassing. They can't stay with this guy. This to me is a clear one and done. I don't care about the name. Yeah, the whole situation with him staying without a team. I mean, just going back to that situation, covering Andy Reid, Andy Reid would have to like basically keel over and die before he left his team anywhere. It's it's just Meyer doesn't realize the opportunity that he has here, and Jacksonville should move on because to me it's been just so embarrassing. It's it, it's been so embarrassing. It's amazing when everyone agrees on something, right? Like in general, like anything in life, when when you get a room of people to agree on one thing, it's amazing, right? And it's amazing that a room of people being all NFL fans and analysts and people alike knew that this would go the, or, or, or predicted this would go this way. So it's amazing that everyone was in agreement. There, there was nobody saying, I think this could work. You know what I mean? Everybody thought this. And it's even more amazing that it, everyone was totally and completely right. The only person who seemingly was fooled by this was Mr. Khan, uh, who has uh, quite the embarrassment on his hands. Yeah. Quick quote here from Titan safety, Kevin Byard. Two Jaguars actually crashed in this game. He, this is what he said. I was laughing, to be honest. At the end of the game, guys running into each other. I don't want to say too much on it, but I was talking trash to them a little bit. It's tough for them boys over there. So you even have another NFL team, in a sense, laughing, but also at the same time feeling bad for the opponent. Um, Figure it out. Figure it out, Jax. 
the Atlanta Falcons outlasted oh, yeah. the fraudulent Carolina Panthers 29 to 21. Cam Newton, 15 of 2378 yards, got benched and then put back in the game. Did have 10 <laughs> carries for 47 yards and a score. Uh, um, I mean, the, the Falcons won and, and good for them. They were less embarrassing. They didn't, you know, they were up 17 to 7 and 20 to 14 and 26 to 14. And I know every Falcons fan, you know, their, their thing, Pete, at, at the Falcoholic is no lead is safe. That That's kind of a uh, Falcons fans. That's the motto right, right now. Yeah. Um, but dude, this, I, I, I mean, I don't want to make everything about the Cowboys, but for so long, I dealt with, man, the Cowboys made a mistake hiring Mike McCarthy instead of Matt Rule. Matt Rule looks like he has, like, to be very clear, the, the, the like extreme end of the of the spectrum is Urban Meyer, and I'm not saying that from a character standpoint, Matt Rule is anywhere near there. But from a not knowing what's going on with his NFL team perspective, Matt Rule is is really in in quite the place. I mean, he is in charge of a mess right now in Carolina. Yeah, I haven't really seen this a ton. I'm sure it's a, a storyline in Carolina, though. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about it. But they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater, who has his team in a position to actually make the playoffs right now, which is unreal. And they went with Sam Darnold, who was interesting for the first couple of weeks, but ended up, t- you know, tailing off. Uh, they go and and get Cam Newton. Now you're putting Walker in a game, and he is playing so poorly that you have to go back to Newton. It's bad. It's bad, and it's rule created. And uh, I, you know, you feel for the team because they they've been out without their identity now for two straight seasons, and McCaffrey just not being able to stay on the field. And I, I think you're ending up with a lot of questions in Carolina as to where to you go with this team uh, in the off season. And then for the Falcons, I know you, you know, you make the joke about the no lead is safe. You're getting questions with this team as well, because Matt Ryan, from what I saw from the next gen here was not really throwing the ball that far down the field in this game. I, I wonder if there are questions about how much time he has left. And you, know, you go with Pitts, who's been, good he's had some really moments where he looks and flashes like one of those dynamic tight ends but not necessarily the immediate impact that he was advertised as out of the nfl draft and sometimes you know you're at a point where i think atlanta fans know that this team is not making the postseason and so you're you almost like you celebrate the win right and you're happy but in a sense you you know you got a lower draft pick and your team continues to stay in that Minnesota level of, of media. Oh, that's so mean to the Vikings, but, um, <laughs> well, you, I, I do forgot have the that same I'm record. talking to her cousin's number one fan. I, I did forget that. So you got to say, I actually, as you say that Pete, I saw this tweet floating around, uh, on Twitter during the show. If the Vikings had not given up any points in the two minute mark of either half in every game, they would be 12 and 0. So just food for thought uh, as far yeah. as what, what Kirk is if not I able had, to do. Did you know this? I, I wanted to make sure I told you this. If I had a trunk, I would be an elephant. Like that. Uh, that is also another have thing you I wanted seen, to make sure uh, I shared with you. Have, have you seen the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? The movie? That is my one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yes. So for, first of all, I literally this year. I realized that the name of the movie is like the clause in the contract. Oh, I had never realized that before, but, really um, yeah. but I, I had it on in the background. My wife and I were doing some stuff over the weekend and there's the part where the, um, I don't know if he's the stepdad or whatever the situation is, but he's, you know, the, the psychologist and he's reasoning with young Charlie and he's mm-hmm. like, how can Santa be real? You know, you blah, blah. How, how can this be real? You've never seen it. And I love the line from Charlie says, well, have you ever seen a million dollars? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, well, how do you know it's, it's real? Like, right. I, I just, I love that line. 
Uh, yeah. So it, um, it really a, a zinger from Charlie. Yeah. Charlie gets a little troubled in, in later movies. St- stops believing for a little bit. You know, mm. And then he comes back around. Uh, Santa, uh, of course, is real. Mm. I've seen uh, the Seattle Seahawks got win number two in a row, 33 to 13. They vanquished the Houston Texans. Not much to say. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson, um, you know, nice day, I suppose. Uh, they are technically still alive in the NFC playoff picture. Even, even after this win, Pete, the Seahawks are the 13 seed in the they're NFC. Coming. They are they're behind coming. to put in perspective how bad they are. All of the if NFC I had a South. penny for every time they counted out the Seahawks. Uh, Rashad Penny, 16 carries, 137 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, what? Oh, you know, yeah. good, good for the Seahawks, I guess. Nice, nice win, but I mean, this is short lived, right? This Seattle little run. I mean, they've you know, you know they've got the Rams next Sunday, and they do kind of own them. And then you know, for for being generous, it is the, the Christmas time. They've got Chicago and Detroit after that, so. You never know. I mean, they, they could they could do this. It, it's still possible. Matthew. They have to go nine and eight, right? We agree on that. Right, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude. The, I you have the Rams not, and not Cardinals, a, but at that point, the Cardinals may be resting starters. So well, so they've got if they beat the Rams, right, and they do own them. That's the weird NFC West relationship. So that would put them at six and eight. It is funny how like the NFC West is this magical land yeah. where no matter the records anyone can win in any week and so you don't know how it's going to go even with seattle you're playing you're right there you're right though that in week 18 when they're at arizona that the cardinals could be resting starters especially if the cardinals don't get the first round by they might view that as their like manufactured first round by colt mccoy Um, has has shown an ability to win football games he has but i don't i don't know that you have to get to nine and eight because right now again the 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 seven seed is six and seven in the NFC, and so I I think you could end up with a, a sub five hundred team there. Not that five hundred is a thing anymore, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I what think about a new happen. NFL rule where if the seven seed is six and seven, and the eighth seed in the AFC is five hundred or above, they mm-hmm. switch over to the other conference to take the spot. Different rule. If the seventh seed is below five hundred. Then you just take them out and you give the two seed the buyback. I like no, that you, better personally. They're never going to do that. You're never going to get rid of I mean, one of the games well, that makes the rules. That's NFL billions of dollars. No, uh, uh, we have uh, we have one last game to recap. Pete, uh, it was a difficult one. The Not Denver Broncos uh, took down the Detroit Lions, thirty-eight to ten. An emotional day for all Broncos fans, obviously, as the team um, had a celebration of life for Demarius Thomas, the star wide receiver for them that tragically passed away, uh, was reported on Thursday night. Actually, as Thursday night football was coming to a close, an in- just incredibly sad story. 33 years old, would have been 34 on Christmas Day. Demarius Thomas, obviously, as you know, Pete won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, was a huge reason for that. Uh, just a star player, uh, really successful draft pick for them back in 2010. And um, Broncos, obviously, playing with heavy hearts. Uh, took out the Lions and played really, really, really well. I've been hard on the Broncos all season long, but this this was obviously a fantastic performance. Teddy was really efficient, 18 of 25, 179, 179 yards, excuse me, two scores, one uh, to, um, to, you know, to, to really, you know, I mean, I, both of them were impressive, actually. Uh, just a, a rough day at the office for the Lions. I mean, not that there is ever a, a good one for them. Uh, but the Broncos, you mentioned it, are in, in the thick of this thing as far as the AFC playoff picture is concerned. By the way, the Lions um, obviously also eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, the Broncos keep winning. They can make things interesting here. We'll see what ends up happening with them. 
they have found a, a recipe to to get above 500 and you can just tell they're just so much better than the Raiders. I mean, they just have it a little bit more together. And, you know, you have Teddy Bridgewater who who does what he can, spreads the ball around a little bit. But I, I think, it, it you know, the offense, you're really seeing a two-headed monster. I know that that gets thrown around a lot in the NFL, but Javante Williams is awesome. And Melvin Gordon had a great game, 24 for 111 and two touchdowns. He recently said that he would love to be back in Denver, but he doesn't know if the fans really want him back, which I, I felt a little bit bad for him there. But, yeah, it was a, it was a good day for them. They had the moment where – you know, they took the delay game with 10 players on offense right. at the beginning of the game with Demarius missing and 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 the Lions agreed to it, which I, I thought from Campbell was was truly classy. And uh, Fangio said that after the game. But, yeah, I mean, Broncos just continue to move along uh, a good moment for them and their franchise when they had the heavy hearts of, of the Thomas situation and the Lions uh, continue to lose. Um, you you, you know, mentioned thinking the Broncos are better than the Raiders because um, there's not, you know, this game was what it is. I think that the more interesting thing is who the Broncos ultimately become down the stretch here. They are in, in the race. And I'm, I mean, again, I've, I've gone back and forth with them. I'm willing to believe. All right. I'm, I'm willing, you know, let's, let's do this Broncos. Let's do it together. Let, let's get you're in getting, here. You're hopping on the horse. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's do this. I'm with you. I'm ready to, to back you. All right. Let's do it together. You, Final got, the, you got the Bengals next week. Well, that's what I'm saying. Final four games of the season for the Broncos here, Pete. Between the seven and six Broncos, they got the Bengals at home. Tough game. They're on the road in Vegas against the true frauds, the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> then they are on the road at your place, uh, SoFi Stadium, to take on the Chargers. <laughs> and then they, get the place. then they get the Chiefs to wrap it up. And who knows there? I mean, with the anything locked up, Chiefs resting starters, you know, sort of situation. If Andy um, Reid has nothing to play for, like if they're locked to in a position for, for somehow, which I, I don't think will be the case because it's, it's interesting it, at the top right now. It, it could be, though. That's what it I'm like. If we're, you know, for, it could, if we're, could if we're be a Chad around, yeah. I mean, this this Broncos team could be postseason bound, which would be, I mean, it would certainly make things interesting for Teddy Bridgewater, Melvin Gordon, Vic Fangio, so on and so forth. So it, um, it's one of those organizations where it is interesting because I I can sense that they want to move on from Fangio, but if he somehow pulls the playoffs out of his hat, I don't think he can do it. I, I just don't think he can do that. I think uh, more. I, I think this season. Even if they go to the playoffs, if Vic Fangio's back, whatever. I mean, even if they're one and done in the playoffs, this season has kind of justified the oh, Aaron Rodgers should go to the Broncos takes from from you know back in the days of the offseason, right? Like this is a talented roster. They just need a like this season has kind of justified that, right? Like like to a degree. I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you can go anywhere that isn't the Packers, would you rather go to the Broncos, the Giants, or the Raiders? You know, or the yeah, Saints. I tend to think so. Playing 2022 Monday Football Monday a little bit here, I think. Russ it will be a Bronco, and I think Rodgers will be a Steeler. Oh no, dude! There's no way the Packers trade the Steelers. I mean, I think I think Russ is a Giant, and I think Rodgers is a Bronco. Not that those are like you know new takes or anything, but that's that's, that's where my chips lie right now. Where's Jimmy G? Houston. Mm, that's not a bad take. You know the Nick, Nick Easterby connection from New, New England days. I could see that. Um, I'm okay, Osweiler, I'm gonna get Osweiler back in me. Monday night football preview. <laughs> um, is there the, a Manning cast tonight? That's the number one question. Uh, there's not. The Los, and I think there's not. The Los Angeles Rams Greedy, visit Riddick, Brian Greasy. The LA Rams will be in the desert, taking on. There's a lot of places that are referred to as the desert. It's a difficult thing to 
keep straight uh, vis- visiting the Arizona Cardinals. We have all these takes going around the Cardinals, the Hot Suns. Takes. Nobody, nobody puts any respect on the on the Arizona sports. Whatever, blah blah. This is a chance, you know. Well, we, the, we, the we, hockey we team often. That- is about to get oh yeah they, they want nothing to do with them we often tend though <laughs> pete to to kind of think of, of who teams are from the times they're in national windows last time mm. we saw the cardinals under any bright lights was that thursday night game that they lost to the packers they could they could really make a statement here with a win against the rams and i don't i don't have any reason to believe in sean McVay right now it's that nfc west thing i talked about though can go either way I love these NFC West games. I really do. I know that sometimes people get tired of watching the same division, but the 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 thing you're guaranteed when the NFC West plays each other, especially on these primetime games, is it's always a good game, right? So I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a call. I'm just gonna enjoy this this one. I need you to make a call. It's literally the entire point of discussing it. So. All right. Um, mm, I. The Rams always come out of the woodwork and 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 fool you one way or the other. So I'm going to say they're they're going to upset the Cardinals. I guess I, I want to just enjoy the game. I don't I didn't I didn't want to have to make that call. I'm Team Cardinals. So we got a burrito bet on the line here. Well, I I owe you a burrito for last week. I actually remember the burrito bet from last week, and I I took the WFFT with six mm-hmm. and a half points, mm-hmm. and because they missed that extra point, I ended up losing. <laughs> Carnitas uh, out of it. So but, you owe me a uh, Carnitas burrito. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'm take one- the Rams straight up. The the point spread is minus two and a half. Oh, you want to take them straight up? I don't You're even giving me it. points. Yeah. Okay, okay, straight up, even. All right. Uh, go for that. I get guac if this, I want. This this one's not you know extra. Carnitas though. This, this is just standard. You know, Plus choose extra. choose your burrito. This the Carnitas is special. All right, we got Dallas Washington again next week if you want to run it back. Uh, but uh, all right. Well done. I'm going to go get some Chipotle. It's only 9.30 here in Kansas City, but I'm, I'm hungry. You know what you do, though? You do the veteran move like you. You get the app. You build the thing on your phone. You just go pick it up. Skip the line. Trust me. That's Is it open you... right now? Probably. I bet they open yet. at 10. So you know what? Get yourself a cup of co- coffee. Cup, cup. I was going to say cup of Joe and coffee at the same time, so it's going to sound like cup of co. Uh, that wouldn't have been a thing. Come up with a week. New word. Joffy. Mm. Oh, nice. Thank um, you. Week 14, just about in the books. We are about to have only four weeks left. We're about to have Pete starting next week. Monday football Monday is going to be massive because there are no more buys. All right. So we got 16 games or I guess 14 games. Uh, I know there's the Saturdays that make things weird. But anyway, we got a lot of games to discuss every Monday from here on out. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. It, I I have the the sense of the daylight savings coming into me right now mm. where my, my body clock from doing this for like 10 years mm. thinks there's what there's like three games left but there's an extra game i I can i I can sense that it should be over sooner than but then it's going to be i know Mm. when i get to that second week of january i'm like this doesn't make any sense Mm. really cold well we'll be ready uh for that uh certainly pete sweeney hey you're the man pete sweeney you have a great monday just have a have a great week while you're at it you know what i mean have a great trip uh what's the best thing you've ever watched on netflix in the spirit of your trip out to the city of angels Right. RJ keeps alluding to Netflix. My sister works for Netflix. So there, that's the connection here. We, ne- we never explained that. So yes, you, you stayed, did last week. You said it last you, week. Maybe, maybe you should listen. You know that I don't Monday. remember what I said the previous week. So, yeah. So my favorite thing to watch on, on Netflix, Keep I guess, has been, oh, what is that show with the... Um, the Office. No, it's it's the British show where they have... The it's no, the other Pinky one. Blinders. Pinky Blinders. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that was a good run for me. I really enjoyed that. I, obviously, so much that I forgot the name of it. But um, yeah, you know, Peaky Blinders has been good. 
I I enjoy a lot from Netflix. I mean, it, it's a go-to. You can always find something. And I love the the shuffle up ch- choice they have now where you just, you know, I, look, I got some popcorn. I don't really know what to watch. Shuffle it. See what comes on. And what is your favorite thing on Netflix? Tweet at Pete Sweeney. He is at PG Sweeney. I am on Twitter Money Heist, by the way. Ochoa. Is another one. But ah, Spain, never amazing. been my thing. Not into amazing it. Amazing show. I'm not into the games of Squid. Not my thing. Uses subtitles. Um, so you're, you're against subtitles. I can tell. There's a, there's a theme here. Hey, if I'm watching, I'm watching. I'm not reading. So, uh, Pete Sweeney, the final four words belong to you. Make them great. Subtitle this Go Hawks. <laughs>